Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Rob Solomon, co-founder of Demo, on the topic of building apps and services that compete on their merits, not on access to gated distribution channels. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My guest today is Rob Solomon, co-founder of New York-based Demo, and a user-owned IoT platform that allows drivers to collect and share their vehicle data. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. Great to meet you. This is a great topic, you know, talking about, I, w- I really want to get into the history of what you guys have been working on and talk about some of your experiences, because you're doing a few interesting things here. There's the automotive industry aspect of it. There's the IoT aspect of it. There's, you know, the blockchain, like how you're actually architecting and collecting this data and doing it. And you're going into a, a, a realm, the automotive industry, where there are protected ecosystems that have been around for a long time. Now, now whether they're healthy or some of those aspects of the ecosystem are dying, I mean, that's, I think it's another reason why there's an opportunity your company's in there. But uh, we're, so we're talking about building apps and services that compete on their own merits. Rob, why don't you start by introduce yourself and what is what Demo is doing? Hey, yep. I'm uh, Rob Solomon. I'm one of the co-founders at Demo. And you said it well, you know, Demo is a connected vehicle platform. We allow anybody to connect a car 2008 and up to our platform. We collect the data. Uh, in certain cases, we're able to also send commands back to the vehicle and that will get, you know, we'll get more support for that over time where you can lock and unlock the car and things like that. And the purpose is to build, you know, a true developer platform here where anybody can build an app for cars, whether it's, you know, peer-to-peer car sharing, new types of financing or insurance applications, so on uh, quickly. Um, you know, I, I use the analogy a lot of times of the phone industry and how you go from like analog dial up rotary phones to flip phones where you can play snake and use a calculator and then, you know, blackberries where they start to get smart. And then really the kind of explosion of applications and efficiency when you get to an iPhone or Android with an app store and anyone can quickly deploy apps for it. And I think automotive, you know, any car you've had prior to 10 years ago was definitely in the analog territory, like a, like a rotary phone. Um, maybe now your car is like a flip phone where you can do some basic stuff. Teslas are like Blackberries. You can do a lot of you know things that are definitely getting kind of smart, but we still haven't gotten to like that. Uh, anybody can deploy something quickly for cars. Cars can talk to each other, especially as they become increasingly electric and self-driving. Something like this is going to be needed, and yeah, the the industry is 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 catching up. There's still a lot of fax machines and uh, paper inside of dealerships, and it's time to uh, and other other businesses. It's time to upgrade it. I drive an older Audi, so mine is very much like the fax machine still with that. Uh, my, my wife has got a 10 years older uh, Ford that uh, does, just does a lot better on the automation. But is that like, so what kind of features are you talking about? Like what, what are the kind of, you know, solutions? I mean, cause, because the, you know, the systems that are inside of these car manufacturers, I mean, they're vastly different, what they can do, um, what they enable, Um, how easy they are. I mean, again, like I'm an Audi guy. I like it because of the engines, um, but man, it's just a dismal technology experience. It's known for problems with its technology experience. And sometimes even when the tech is good, like the, the app they give you, you know, it looks like it was designed in like a high school somewhere, you know, 15 years ago. Um, 
so if you have a newer connected vehicle, if, if you can, you know, log into an app like Ford Pass or you know, my BMW or, or something like that on your phone, you can likely connect to Demo right now with the same email and password. You don't have to buy a device or anything. And then you'll get a lot of the same functionality, but might be better laid out. And, and also very importantly, you could add, you know, your, your Audi and, and, uh, in your wife's Ford into one app and kind of see them and manage them, you know, both in one place. So that that's a nice that's a nice uh, feature. We also have physical hardware that you can install. Every vehicle has an OBD port. It's you know protected with federal legislation and is pretty universal across the world. And so we built devices that can connect into there. And even cars that don't historically have a connection or or send data anywhere um, outside of the car, now we can pull that out and into our platform. So. If you download the demo mobile app, you can connect a car that way and you'll start to get some of that functionality yourself. You can, you can see the fuel, you can see the location, all kinds of things that are, that are useful. Uh, but that's only really like, you can think of the demo mobile app as just like the bare bones of the, uh, it's, 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 it's just the way to connect to the ecosystem mainly and get some basic functionality where this gets really interesting, just like with an iPhone, right? Like no, nobody wants an iPhone that badly if all you can do is open, um, iMessage and the calculator, like you need to be able to access the app store and get Uber and Netflix and Spotify and all kinds of other stuff uh, from it. So similarly with Demo, we make it so that anybody can build like an insurance application that saves you real money, a social club for Porsche owners, a, a way to offset your carbon automatically while you drive, whatever type of application that can make use of vehicle connectivity and data that can be built on top of Demo. And then you as a Demo user can access it. So do you have now uh, a, a, a part of your platform that you're building? You have like a, your own ecosystem of, of of partners or are you able to work with other existing you know app providers on each of these individual ecosystems? Is that part of your model is to reach out to those? Definitely. Yeah, we're make, we're making it more self-serve and and we we have partners already today. Um we've we're still finalizing the SDK so we have APIs and historically they've been kind of in flux. We've been reluctant to let people build on top of them, uh, but we've kind of finalized them now. And now we're going to start to go out to the companies and say, hey, you want to build that application that subscribes to the odometer and the speed and the, you know, whatever of the car. By the way, I should say with all this, like privacy is, is kind of paramount in all this. The user has to authorize any application to get access mm -hmm. to the data. So it's not, yeah. we just share it with your insurance company on your permission. And not only that, but you can kind of like, you know, we show you exactly what they'd be getting. So it's not like a mystery. They just get everything, you know, your mother's maiden name and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you see specifically what you're sharing with them. The whole, the whole point is to put the user in control of their data. So um, our APIs would allow insurance companies and peer-to-peer -peer car rental companies and people trying to build the web three version of Uber. They could, they could deploy their application. You as a user could, could authorize the application to receive their data. And then it just works. Um, previously, you might see things like progressive, you know, they had like their, um, what do they call it? Um, they had their little little dongle that they would mail to you. What was the name of their program? Um, I know but, what you're talking about. I remember seeing that. Yeah, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah so so the, it's like their safe driver tracking program. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and they, you know, that would be like if if to use Uber, like they had to like mail you a fifty dollar Android phone, and then you have to carry it around. Like nobody wants that type of experience. You want to get one like, you know, phone that can connect to everything you, for right. developers who want to be able to deploy quickly and not have to manage the hardware and the decoding and all the other, you know, support that comes with connecting vehicles. And so that's what we're doing. 
and making it very easy for people to build these apps. Well, once I, you you see there's a maturity that's happening with users that are out there that start to understand, and there's a trade-off too. I mean, it's great that you bring up security. Well, I think we could come back and talk about that uh, because that, that plays into the architecture of the, your, your platform, what you guys are building. Um, but people like, so I, I'm enough of a nerd that I want to see the data around my driving. And it goes back to like my grandfather, every time he ever filled up his tank, he took notes on, checked the oil, had a little you know notebook in his glove box and wrote down, you know, odometer, like tracked all of that. And that's something that it really, it had an impact on me because I had a conversation of when I started, you know, had my learner's permit and was very close with my maternal grandfather about it. And we, he was talking about it. He's like, he says, I can see a change and I know something is going wrong with the car before I hear a noise or, you know, any other indication, if the mileage starts going down, if the, if the oil is, right. is burning through, whatever those things are. So to have now data and in, in the indicators that are out there and to, to be able to track, you know, the performance of my vehicle, um, especially in this day and age with the cost of vehicles and uh, maintenance of things like you want to you want to buy good quality and you want to take care of uh, keep it around longer. Um, then having that data is fantastic. More people are interested in data. The flip side of that is, like, while it appeals to me to be able to have data and track it between my wife and I, our vehicles, and look at the differences and look at the performance over time and stuff, is who else has access to this? What are they doing with that data? The security aspects of that. So, how do you handle that aspect of it? Yeah, and. That the the bad news for you is that uh, the OEMs have that data, and they oftentimes sell it to the companies that you might guess, which then sell it to the government. So it's it's out there whether you like it or not. Um, and and I, honestly, I, th I think uh, if people are starting to get really sick of this this uh, dynamic, it's constantly: do you want cool features and free apps and a good user experience, or do you want privacy? And you have to choose. And everybody just keeps picking good apps because hey, you know all right, they got me, but they got millions of other people. And so what are they really going to do? And uh, uh, we represent, and I think certain types of blockchain businesses can represent a model where you actually do, and really a lot of it's using the cryptography from blockchain, is you really do allow the user to be the one who's entirely in control of their data and let them decide where it's shared. Um, there's increasingly more like messaging apps like Signal and Telegram that kind of puts you in control of who can, you know, and then encryption and and how it's stored on your device and, and things like that. Um, and this is going to be coming to a lot more places. And it is it is the idea with Demo is that um, even if you uh, allow us to store your data on your behalf, uh, we still will not share it without your permission. The goal long term is to let you store your data wherever you want. Um, Demo is meant to be a protocol, not not just an app, but a protocol whereby the the vehicle uh, NFT itself. Because every every for every vehicle, we should get into that. But every every vehicle that you add on Demo is represented as an entity, and there's there's a good reason for that. It's not just so that you can set it as your Twitter profile picture and and sell it for more than it's worth. There's there's a sound technological reason for it, and on that NFT, it points to where the data for your car is being stored. So that doesn't have to be with us. It could be with could be with uh, Microsoft, Google. It could be with uh, your own personal server. It could be with Toyota. It could be with any business that stores this data on your behalf. And um, we're developing a client 
that these uh, servers would run that would make sure and enforce cryptographically that only those who are permissioned to see the data would be able to see it. So even if it's stored, stored by someone else, it's still safe. Mm. Well, that's interesting too. I just had a thought too. I mean, how how would that help with overall security like of of your vehicle? I mean, it's the, the man, I mean, it's not going to stop somebody that goes and steals a vehicle and strips it out for parts and, and sells it. But, um, you know, that, I mean, there, there could be other applications just with identification and, and quick recovery of vehicles, for example. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be like, there's always going to be attack vectors with anything. And, and it's really hard to design systems where like, if someone leaves their laptop open and unlocked and they're logged into their website, it's hard to like build systems that prevent against those types of things. Right. So there's always going to be issues around the edges, but with, the way Demo is built, um, every user has kind of a cryptographic private key, and unless um, someone else is able to gain access to it, they're not able to uh, sign messages on your behalf and you know share your data or take it or do whatever. Um, so um, you're trusting only yourself and those you share your data with. Now I have I've got a couple of questions. So I do want to ask because for folks that are listening, and we're talking about uh, I'm, I'm by no means a, a blockchain expert. Um, but you know, I, I know that there are some kind of fundamentals of, of the blockchain technology, how it fits in, you know, to your architecture, to your solution. So, uh, maybe help people understand that, you know, what are the kind of two parts to the question is, you know, what are the mechanisms in place for, uh, for people to control how their data is shared and used within the ecosystem. And then maybe a little bit about how like the Devo token system works as far as incentivizing users to share, to participate in this. System. Yeah, I'll start, I'll start with that first one too. And I know I realized, as I mentioned, blockchain without, I'm going to start to lose people unless we kind of explain what this is about. And I think there, there's criticism in the space and it's, it's, you know, in many cases justified, but uh, I think we're actually a pretty good example of how, blockchains can actually be used in ways that add real value to people, enable real things besides just, you know, money and digital art. Um, so the automotive industry, and not not just like who makes the cars, uh, like, you know, Toyota, Ford, GM, Tesla, I mean, that industry is fragmented. Toyota's the biggest, like, you know, 14, 15% of the cars on the road. Most of them are in the single digit teen or single, single digits uh, in terms of percentage uh, market share. Um, so very fragmented, but when you think about like dealers and most dealers are like your, your, your friends, uncles, Volvo dealership, it's, um, a bunch of local mechanics, it's banks, um, all kinds of, you know, different banks. It's not even just like the big, the big ones. Like there's so many small regional banks that are in the auto lending space. Um, it's, it's a lot of insurance companies. It's not very like vertically consolidated or horizontally consolidated. So how do you get everybody to agree? to a shared definition of a vehicle's identity, who it's able to be shared with, where its data is stored, all of that. Every vehicle has a VIN, but it kind of, you know, it's like your social security number. It's like, it's not secure. It doesn't tell you much more other than where the vehicle was manufactured and right. um, what kind of vehicle it is. So how do you build a shared ledger that all these businesses can trust? Um, and we already see like, and there's headlines today from Motor Trend about GM ripping out CarPlay and Android Auto from its cars because they just like don't trust businesses and services that they don't control. They want more control. So how do you get them to move on to some type of like shared ledger of identity and data? And the answer is you're not. Um, 
the DMV could build a server uh, and just force everyone to do it, but I don't don't I'm not very optimistic at their ability to kind of pull that off. Um, and that wouldn't solve the global problem. And each state has its own DMV. So even getting the DMVs to agree would be would be a, a big thing. Uh, so we started with the actual problem, not with blockchain and how do we what do we do with blockchain? We started with the problem of we need a developer platform for vehicles that is open and neutral, incredible, that these you know, Toyota and Geico and Chase and others can build on top of. And the blockchain presents an opportunity to build a ledger with state, like, you know, this car is currently owned by this person and it's shared with these businesses and the data lives here. You can build a ledger with that state that is guaranteed, always available, um, trustless, uh, censorship resistant that, you know, Toyota can build on without any fear that it's going to go down, the company's going to disappear, change the terms on them, charge a 30%, you know, tax on every transaction. Uh, so it really solves a, a very real problem in this industry. And um, it's essential to kind of build the type of pervasive platform that we want to build. So as far as expanding the the network, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier on uh, the the penetrating some of those ecosystems. So like, what do you need to do to for the for the company to grow? Like, do you need to go and build those partnerships? Like you said, you could be independent. Like you don't need to necessarily penetrate right. each, each of those ecosystems. But from a marketing standpoint, from an awareness standpoint, don't you need to penetrate those sure. ecosystems? Yeah, there's a couple a couple of different really big things working in our favor here. One, the OBD port is required and is every car and it's standardized. So it's easy to connect to any vehicle regardless of the automaker. Um, two, uh, there is real demand here and not good existing solutions. It's not like there's a vehicle developer platform out there that's just more extractive and annoying to deal with that we're trying to migrate some people to something better. There's just like really not much that you, if you just want to say, Hey, you know, put our, we're going to build an app using your APIs, put it in your app store where you have a million cars already connected um, so that they can connect to my thing and get cheaper insurance. There's not like a good way to do that right now. Um, so uh, we're introducing something that's net new. We're, we're providing distribution in a very competitive and fragmented industry. And so there's a lot of incentive for developers to build on that and, and, and new features that let them build more sophisticated and interesting things. And we abstract away. I mean, some of them are already trying to like, like progressive, deploy their own hardware and support that and, and build around it. And we can just like say, hey, we got it. Don't worry about it. And it's like, we're not going to, you know, it's yeah. very cheap, much cheaper. Yeah, so you can go of, in and actually save them money. You can go and pitch them yeah. as a, yeah. The, the cost that you would pay us to access the data for the car, and by us, I mean that you would pay to the services hosting the data and to the drivers, because some of the reward goes back to the drivers mm -hmm. uh, themselves, is going to be less than the cost of the SIM card you would put in the device that you ship out if you were going to do it yourself. So that's some of the you know ways that you can have some efficiencies here. So um, those two things, you know, um, the, the, the okay, so the port's protected, developers want to build on it. Um, it's 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 very easy, oftentimes free for drivers to connect. And in fact, we, you know, to your earlier question from the last part about blockchain is we have this token that incentivizes drivers, drivers to connect. So they have two reasons to connect, really. Uh, three reasons. One is the demo mobile app, which lets them see more about their car and manage their car. They can access these applications that make their lives better. 
and they earn tokens for it. So it's like, it's really, I know it's like, it seems kind of too good to be true. Um, right now it is. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you, when, when startups come onto the scene and it's like, you can um, uh, get your groceries delivered for like, you know, half off and whatever. And like, yeah, you know, it actually is a really good deal. And, you know, early on, uh, you can really benefit from being early. So that's kind of the state we're in right now. And we have a lot of cars connecting. We have about 28,000 cars, 29,000 cars connected now. Um, across all kinds of automakers connected a bunch of different ways in the US, Canada, Europe, Turkey. So uh, yeah, it's just getting going. I, I mean, this seems like something that I, mean, I don't know if any of the manufacturers, I mean, this, it would seem like, you know, Tesla would be the most open to, uh, to, to, you know, innovators coming in and building things like this and to, to work with an open platform like this. Yeah, I don't know they, how closed they, off they are, their ecosystem, the ecosystem, but they actually kind of all are um, open to it. Like mm. um, a lot of the other automakers besides Tesla, they they don't want to get left behind because they um, don't they aren't as good at software as Tesla. Same with like you know Samsung, HTC, LG. Like they didn't they they maybe they skinned Android, but they still use. They're like okay, we'll outsource the we we make good hardware. We want to focus on making good hardware. Yeah. So we'll use Android. Um, yeah. We can be that for those other automakers, um, and also Tesla. Like they've, yeah, they have been a real leader. They've been more open. They could have closed down their API, and so they open it up. And they, and there's a Tesla Fleet API, and they are really stepping into this whole like we want people to build on top of our our data, um, and it's really great. Uh, the industry is headed in a great direction in that regard. Um, so. I think they all see a need for this and they all see the, the possibility and they all want, you know, cars to have wallets to transact. They want cars to talk to each other. They want you to be able to pull your car into a garage and the sensors and the cars to talk to each other to self valet. Like they, they want this stuff to work. Um, it's just hard. And they, a lot of times they specialize in manufacturing. So we can, we can make that easy for them in a way that's not extractive when it doesn't, you know, make them entirely dependent on some other company that's going to take all the you know profits from them and put them in a bad position. So, uh, so far they've been very receptive and, and we're also helping get their people who have, uh, let their, let their Ford or Chevy subscriptions lapse to sign back up. So they really yeah. like that. Well, I was just going to say too, that, uh, a lot of them, I'm sure that recognize that they, like you said, they're, they're not in the business of building those kinds of apps and platforms, uh, you know, the, the, the manufacturers and, and so, um, again, I wish the Audi people would wake up and realize <laughs> They need better options there. Well, I am interested to know though, um, you know, like what, what is the, what's the goal of the, the, the demo team with this? I mean, there's, there's obviously there's benefits to having this data uh, again, the analytics side of that as an individual driver um, as uh, you know, having, you know, different applications uh, of the data, be able to go in to, for progressive or for insurance companies or for the government to be able to go in and better understand emissions data and patterns of usage of vehicles. I mean, all that stuff is is valuable. What is driving Demo, the founders? Is it that uh, you know altruistic, improve the the quality of the of the world, improve the world through these things, or is it just simply to build a platform and in a solid business what's kind of driving you guys yeah it's it's both um the, the world can be better i i personally you know there, there's there's certainly ways that you can make money uh in ways that aren't going to add value to the world maybe you find some way to arbitrage something or 
or uh, get people hooked on something or whatever that's not good for them. And you can make money that way. I I, I like I like to work on things that have a, a, a you know net benefit for the for the world. So I definitely think Demo has that. Um, but it, you know, I used the phone analogy earlier. I could use the internet analogy here. Like the Demo protocol is like SMTP email protocol or TCP/IP internet protocol. Like it's the it's the thing that makes the everything built on top of it work. Um, one layer up from that, you know, in the internet world, you have like you know the cloud providers and um, you know the domain name services and whatever where you can uh, purchase domains and host your data for your website. That kind of like infrastructure that make the stuff work. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have like a browser on top of that, and then you have the websites you get to. So there's, there's like there's a similar you know, like four tier layer for for demo as well. The demo protocol itself is the method by which you establish identity for vehicles, share you know uh, share data with others, and manage access control. So that is there's a protocol there. Um, there there is uh, it's not free to access vehicle data uh, it, with any provider out there today, and it when it won't be going forward. Unlike you know with email, it's like free to send emails. It won't be free to access a car. It won't be expensive either, but um, there will be you know a cost and the network as a whole, you know, there's, there's the demo token and some amount of demo token is paid uh, by developers when they access a vehicle's data. And some of that flows back to people storing the data and some of it flows back to the drivers themselves. The drivers are, you know, cut in on this and uh, some of it is burned uh, away permanently. So there is, there is economics for the protocol, which is a bit new, you know, typically like TCP IP and SMTP don't have economics for themselves. It's not like it's five cents to send an email. Maybe it'd be better if it were, if there were, I would have less spam yeah, yeah, right. um, yeah. or, or even just like fractions of a penny, right. That just like make it um, a bit more, you know, fair, but anyway, so, so that's how the protocol level works. Then on top of that, we're running one of the first nodes. So we store all the user data in the future. Others will as well. So we're like, we're like the first, you know, AWS or Azure or GCP um uh, in this in this ecosystem and that can be a business demo mobile is like the browser you know it's like the way to get your you know get onboarded and find other apps so we're, we have that and that will have distribution uh, and then there's applications you can build on top of it so there's lots of different ways to build valuable businesses in this ecosystem we're seeding it um the protocol is the priority right now we want to make sure that that is solid yeah. that um, people can build what they need to on top of it demo mobile you know, we're, we're, it's it's more of a, right now, the mobile app is more of a means to an end to get people onboarded, but in the future, it'll be something that we can monetize more. And uh, yeah. So from an entrepreneurial aspect, like you guys building this, like what, what's what been your primary challenges? Yeah, so um, all the challenges you'd expect, like anything with hardware is a huge pain. Um, you know, be, there was that whole, I don't know if you, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, that was like everything was supply chain issues and chip shortages yep. and whatever. And we were, yep. we were right in the middle of that. I was trying to buy a um, new, P- put together, build a PC at the time and couldn't get parts, couldn't get pieces, yep. couldn't get, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, boards. Getting, yeah. getting the hardware, shipping out at scale, just dealing with all kinds of little weird quirks and certain, um, you know, things going on with that. We have to decode all these different vehicles. Um blockchain anything blockchain right now is tough the infrastructure is just super early it's like building a it's like if you try to build uber in 1995 it's just like that's hard you know without without the um encryption and mobile phones and laptops but it could be hard to build something like that back then you know dial up internet like that's kind of the state of blockchain so we're a little bit limited there um we want to provide an even smoother you know experience for logging in with wallets 
you know, we, we really try to abstract. We don't mention NFTs in the app and things like that. It just feels like you're using a normal application. Um, but we still have some, you know, things we run into with that. So a lot of it is just, you know, challenges on that side. We know that we can get cars signed up. We offer it, you know, they get a token for it. Um, they, they enjoy using the app. That part is pretty easy to prove. The thing that we need to prove now is that developers want to build on top of this platform. And we're very confident. I mean, they're, they're kind of like beating our doors down to do it. We have people building on it. Um, and we know that there is demand. But, you know, we are just launching those APIs now, that SDK soon. And um, and here's where we get to actually, you know, prove for real that, that people want to build on this. And, and that's going to be the thing that, you know, really um, sets us up for the next stage of growth. That's always tough. Yeah. How do you reach that? How do you reach that target market of those builders, those app developers? Are you just, are you guys yeah. on the road constantly out talking, doing conferences, doing shows, reaching we out? Do, we do, we do a lot of that, but there, the thing is like, again, I mentioned like the industry is so fragmented. There's so many companies yeah. that all have a need there. You know, you might think when you think of cars, you might think of like the five big companies that come to your mind. You think of Geico and CarMax and Toyota and how can we get their attention of these big corporate machines? But there's like so many um, startups and the financing and insurance, like RepairPal and Tenant. And um, you go on Blue Dot and Carbon Offset. You go on our app now, there's a bunch of these guys in there already. And right now, the again, because our API is just getting ready for prime time, they're not like deeply integrated. We link you out to their website and you fill in your information again. The idea is that you'll never have to like link out to somewhere and fill in information ever again. Upload photos of your insurance, type in your odometer, like, you shouldn't have to do that. We already have all of that in the app, right? So um, once they're fully integrated, that won't be part of it. Maybe you'll be able to interact with them directly from our app and you'll just like tap a button and you'll be offsetting your carbon you know, footprint in real time based on your driving and you know, that kind of stuff, getting better insurance, getting quotes again, um, that kind of thing. So uh, we already have a bunch of these developers interested, ready to build. I think there's like a long, long, long tail of, um, smaller companies that are more tech forward that are innovating in the space. There's so much, the thing that people forget about too, because it's a, there's not like the Apple and Google of cars that Tesla is the closest thing. Um, but again, it's small. Uh, they forget just how many dollars are in this space. How much, how many businesses, how many dollars, how much people spend like $12,000 a year on their car. You know, it's, it's not, um, so there it's are not a so one-time so purchase, right? There. It's, it's, yeah. there's an ongoing, you're right. But I mean, again, that's people don't understand when you talk about the long, the long tail of this, how massive it is, all the various pieces talk about every component, um, uh, the, just in the parts side, uh, you know, the parts industry, how massive that is globally. Um, yeah. So uh, that's why I was saying, it's like, how are you going after? Cause there's going after these these developers because it's so just spread out it's, it is yeah. so fractured it's um you can't be everywhere it's uh i don't know i don't want to dig into what your actual you know go to market strategy is of what things you might have that are you know um kind of private part of your strategy i don't know what the competitive no, we, we, no, we, like. we definitely we definitely have inbound interest we are definitely talking to you know going after like a few developers and areas that we want to go to there are there are a few and you can see a lot of those kind of like in our app already they've done sort of like a, a quick integration and um there are several you know companies probably larger than you'd expect that would want to talk to us at this point um really household names that that we're under nda with that we're talking about things and of course those are longer sales cycles and and uh, they have, you know, higher, higher touch needs and things like that, but they're not even saying, they're not even just like wasting our time until, you know, just to, just to extract information and have us come back in four years. 
they they seem genuinely interested in building on these APIs like as soon as we can let them. So um, it it things are encouraging. I, you know, I wish I could come in and talk about who some of them are because it's it's exciting. But um, the uh, there 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 does seem to be genuine interest here, and uh, I'm very. Um, we just brought on our first uh, head of developer relations, who's really going to help on the complex sales side on the enterprise front. Um, our our COO does a ton of enterprise uh, sales development, and uh, yeah, we're going to start to see some cool things coming out of there soon. I'm sure. I often get into so I'm I'm a huge uh, you know developer community guy. I mean that's been the last twenty years. Most of my time is spent you know in around the community aspect. I'm on the board of user group for the technology that I play in. I'm at you know conferences all over the world and doing that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys play in that world. Is that part of your strategy? Reaching out is just being a player, a voice out in uh, out in the community of like, hey, here's a way of doing this. Here's our approach. Like, how open are you about how you're approaching solving this problem? Yeah, we I mean, we tell anybody who will listen to us what we're doing, um, and we, we we you know we always try. We're we're a startup. We just you know we're we're uh, um, a couple of years in. We we have some resources, but not the resources to sponsor a wing of CES, right? Yeah. So right. so we're we're doing what we can. Um, we go to these conferences. We'll, we'll talk to anyone we, we can. We have a lot of good contacts. You know, we're mostly a team of people with um industry experience not just like blockchain experience but you know automotive experience we have a lot of connections through there we have a lot of great you know advisors and investors as well who uh, have deep automotive uh, experience so we're, we're talking to who we can um we're seeing what their needs are um and uh, trying to develop these relationships as best we can that's very cool well rob last question for you is just kind of what's your what's your pitch to uh you know, uh, app developers that are are interested in finding out more. Kind of, how how do you sell them on uh, coming and working with you guys? Yeah, the I mean, I, I think we have a really strong pitch, and the, it's the the two things are which are which are unique to you know for these app developers is like we just make it easier for you. You you want you want this data, you want this connectivity, you want it across automakers, you want it across regions, and we have it. And there's not really a lot of good alternatives for you. And we and we not only that, but we so that's that's one reason. I'll change it to three reasons. We have we have that. Uh, two is we have distribution. We have a lot of we can help get you know we already have thirty thousand you know twenty nine thousand cars connected. Uh, it's growing very quickly. Um, this new device just launched, and we we've, we've been selling that very well. So those car, cars will connect soon, and I expect that to ramp up. Um, so we have distribution for you, and it's a very solid foundation. It's not, you know, it's it's on the, this open protocol. It's very tech forward. Um, there's a lot of guarantees around openness and fairness that you just won't get uh, with typical platforms. And so for the developer, it's like, I have more assurance, I have more distribution, I have more functionality. It's like, that's kind of a no brainer if you're trying to provide something. I mean, a lot of cases, they just have no alternative um, to build the thing that they want to build. So uh, that's why, you know, I think when we talk to talk to folks, it's uh, it's usually not a tough sell. If they have something that they want to build, um, they're usually pretty excited pretty quickly. And that's why we're, I think, having su some success in these early conversations. Very cool. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time, taking the time to talk and learning more about what you guys are doing. And of course, I'll have all of the the links out on the uh, podcast and on the blog. Uh, and uh, if people want to reach out and get in touch with you, we'll have your page and your LinkedIn profile all linked up. So. Sure. Yeah. Get in touch with me. Uh, Demo.zone is our, is our uh, website. You can go to chat.demo.zone to enter our kind of a uh, community forum. 
and, and talk with us and or reach out to uh, uh, support at Zone to, to get in contact. And yeah, anybody who's a developer, wants to connect their car, go for it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published weekly, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Thank you.